Thank you for joining us today. We hope this teaching inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you tools for everyday life. We encourage you to visit us at mbcocala.com to discover more about the life-changing ministry at Meadowbrook, as well as convenient ways you can partner with us financially in helping people move from where they are to where God wants them to be. Enjoy the message. And help me welcome our East Campus. Would you do that real quick? God bless you guys. And then how about a big welcome for our online campus as well. Give them a good God bless you guys. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we are already on part four of a series called Anti-Anxiety. I hope and trust that this is helping you. And uh, today we're going to dive a little bit deeper. So, so get ready uh, today. Um, how many of you deal with a little bit of worry and anxiety? Okay. Look at me real quick. I deal with worry and anxiety, but I hope you heard what I said. I deal with worry and anxiety. I'm saying it this way. I handle it. When it comes, you have to, you have to deal with it. You have to handle it because if you don't handle it, it will what? It will handle you. And this is the thing. Don't fall for the wrong assumption that there's nothing you can do about it. There's everything that you can do about this. You are not meant to live with uh, such anxiety and worry and fear in our lives. It comes to all of us. And I'm saying that reality. It comes to all of us. But it's not just what comes to us. It's what we do with what comes to us. And thank God he has given us tools and he has given us weapons as well. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Well, I want to continue to share with you some keys So if you can imagine kind of like a key ring, and uh, I don't want to be overwhelming with this. Have you ever, somebody gave you their keys before, and they said it's on this ring, and there's like 35 keys on that ring, you know, and you've got to go through all of them. Uh, All of these really will relate together. Let's review real quickly the keys that we've looked at. First is this, give it over to God. Say that with me. Give it over to God. Give what over to God, Pastor? Well, what is it that you're worried about? What is it you're anxious about? You need, to, you need to give that over to God. Second is this. Get in this moment. Read that with me. Get in this moment. Remember that, uh, you know, worry and anxiety, they, they try to make you time travel and go backwards or forwards and get you out of this moment. And then you're not effective in this moment. And then later you're going to have to worry about that. And so uh, it's very important that we get in this moment. Get your heart, get your head, get your feet in the same place, and uh, God will meet you there. Uh, Next, and we talked about this last week, was sorted out. And we saw in Scripture that King Hezekiah had received threats and so forth. And what did he do? He went up to the temple, and he spread it out before the Lord. You've got to sort it out. Not just say, i got so many things going on, and, you know, boxes and boxes and bags and bags of all, the, all this. You've got to sort it all out and see what it is, because it'll try to gang up on you. And the reality is there's just a couple of main things that you need to uh, go after. Sort it out. And then after Hezekiah sorted it out, same thing we must do also is you pray. Come on, everybody say pray. And the reality is all of this goes together and would fall under prayer because when we pray, that's how we sort it out. Remember, with all prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So this is, we're sorting it out. 
And then we get in this moment. You have to do that in prayer. You get in this moment, heartfelt, sincere, prayer, faith, mind, heart. We're all there in prayer. And then in prayer, through prayer, we give it over to God. And remember we saw last week in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 in the New Living Translation. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. I want to say that again. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Amen? Now, today what I want to do is begin a list of some things. uh, And I'm pretty sure I could do a series on each of these things that we're going to share off of this list. We're going to hit three of them quickly today and uh, give you enough that you can get a good handle on these things. I want to call them, though, pros and cons. Pros and cons. Now, here's some reality, and, and just look at me for, for this for a moment, and I hate to upset you today, you know, just before lunch and everything, but um, worry and anxiety in some of your lives um, comes from some things you're doing. And some other worry and anxiety are coming from some things you're not doing. And I know we live in a world where we don't tell anybody they're wrong. And everybody gets a trophy. And that does not work. And the reality is we have to take some ownership and take some responsibility and realize, you know what, there's some things that I'm doing that are pro for my life and some things that I'm doing that are con for my life. And so we're going to look at some things that we can look at kind of both sides of, of how it can be a pro or a con uh, in in our life. So I thought it would be uh, appropriate here on Thanksgiving weekend uh, we'll just start out with this first one, gratitude. Come on, everybody say gratitude. Now, let me just go ahead and tell you that our whole approach is holistic, okay? That's not a bad word. That means that we're, we're fighting on all sides on this. So you might know plenty of Scripture, but you've got some relational issues that you're doing all wrong, okay? And so it could be relational, spiritual, physical. It could even be nutritional, you know, if you stayed up, if you ordered pizza last night at 1.30 and had a two liter of orange soda and you woke up feeling weird, that was not the devil. That's on you, sweetie. Y'all hear me? So you get the idea. So gratitude. So we have to approach this holistically. And so gratitude, and I did a full message on gratitude on our November 1st Wednesday service. And you can go back online, and uh, we gave that a good full treatment. Let's look at this, though, in Psalm 92, verse 1. Are you all you out there? Okay. It is good. Come on, everybody say, it is good. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Do you know why it's good to give thanks to the Lord? Because he's like really nervous and insecure. No. Uh, Because it will ruin his day if, if you don't thank him for something. No. It is good to give thanks to the Lord because it is appropriate. You'd better. I mean, he's God. He's your source. And it is just appropriate that you honor God in that way. But this word also carries the idea that it is not just good in that it is appropriate and right. It also carries this idea. It is beneficial. And let me tell you who it is beneficial to. It is beneficial to you. It is good for you to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to his 
to his name because that gets you in touch with and focused on who your source is and that God is active in your life. And one of the greatest things we can do to repel worry and anxiety out of our life is to know God is with me and God is active and God is helping me. Knowing that and gratitude keeps that very, very fresh and, and right there on our screen, so to speak. Look with me in Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Watch this carefully. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or, come on, or give thanks to him, but they became futile, it means empty, futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now watch, here's the pivot point right here. They did not give thanks. And remember, the last step before rebellion is ingratitude. The last step before rebellion is ingratitude. And so here is the pivot point here. They did not give thanks and they became empty and dark in their thinking and in their heart. In their souls, darkness came. And can I tell you what will rush in when there's darkness and emptiness in your heart, in your mind, in your soul? Worry, fear, anxiety will rush in at that point. Plus, it now makes you prone. And if you read the rest of this passage here, you're going to find a a dangerous digression of sin that follows when we fail to give thanks, when we fail to be grateful. 28 sins are listed that pretty much describe the state of our culture today. And the missing piece, the pivotal point is you didn't give thanks. And so what it does, it brings about more emptiness, more darkness, and it makes people more and more vulnerable for worry, fear, anxiety to rule in their lives. So that's the con side. That's the underneath if we don't give gratitude But it is good that we give thanks to the Lord. Can the church say amen today? Gratitude expressed, and let me emphasize that for a moment. Gratitude is to be expressed. Look at me. You don't just think your thanks. Marital tip for some of y'all right there, okay? Don't just think your thanks. You express your thanks. You say thank you. You show gratitude. Sometimes you write it out, but you say you must express gratitude. And to the Lord, we must express gratitude. You know, don't do this like people have been married a long time. Well, she knows I love her. She knows I'm grateful. And that's why you walk like that. But with the Lord especially, we need to express that to him. And gratitude expressed gets us. Gratitude expressed helps us to shift our focus from what's wrong to what's right. And gratitude expressed helps us to shift our focus from what might happen, what could happen, what you're worried about, to what God has done, what God is doing, and what God can do. And so gratitude is absolutely vital to help us to make those shifts. I like to put it this way, gratitude is the secret sauce of the happy, healthy Christian life. And you'll say, what's missing? A lot of times it's the secret sauce. It would be gratitude that would be missing. And when gratitude is present, the soul is healthy. When gratitude is present, the soul is healthy. And the energy and light that gratitude brings into your soul will drive out and ward off fear, worry, and anxiety. Gratitude. Come on, everybody say gratitude. The next one you won't be so excited about, and it's called sin. 
Sin. Go ahead and say it. Sin. Sin. Well, what is sin? Sin is an archery term, and it actually means to miss the mark. So you've got your bow, you've got your arrow, you've got your target, and you load up. I don't know all the terms. And you draw, and you aim, and you release, and there's a mark. And if you miss the mark, you sinned. Okay? Well, guess what? We all have. I'm waiting until y'all get humble. We all have, and guess what? We all do. Well, what mark is it that we're missing? It's God's mark. It's God's standard. God's standard is revealed in God's Word. And God's standards are often conveyed to us, you're not going to like this part, are often conveyed to us as commands. Well, we don't like commands. We don't like somebody telling us what to do. We don't like law. We don't, I am the boss of me. And we don't, we don't like that. But here's the reality. God's standards are actually God's love. God's commands are actually God's love. Let me explain it this way. When God gives us do's and don'ts, and see, some of you are thinking, see, that's what I'm talking about. I don't like all these do's and don'ts. Don't reduce it to do's and don'ts. Realize that God's do's and don'ts is actually his commands, do this, don't do that, is for our good. His commands tell us what gives us life. His commands tell us what takes life away. His commands show us how things work. And if we disobey his commands, it won't work. So God's not just being bossy when he gives us his commands commands, and we do well to not resist his commands because we don't like somebody telling us what to do. We need the do's and the don'ts. And the world has different standards, okay, different marks. People have their own truth. And let's see how well that works, okay? And culture keeps changing standards and views and values because not even a 20-year review of it, but just a 10-year, just a five-year, you find that what we said, hey, this is awesome. This is what we believe. This is what we want. And it keeps changing. Why does it keep changing? Because it does not work. But I want you to know that God's standards are forever. They're timeless. They work. And so when he says do, you should do it because that shows you how it works. It shows you uh, what gives you life. If he says don't, then don't. don't. Don't resist God on this. He loves you. He's trying to help you. Okay, let's imagine that some of you might be, and and I have this little thing in the back of my mind that I think I could be a woodworker, that I could be a craftsman. I'll probably never do it. But let's imagine that you get a big table saw in your pursuit of that. Can I tell you about this table saw? It's going to come with stickers all over it, and it's going to come with a book. Can I tell you what the stickers in the book are about? Do's and don'ts. And it's going to say, do, there's going to be a sticker. It's going to be in the book too. And it says, do, use these safety goggles. And it's going to say, don't touch the blade while it's spinning. (laughs) And you may say, don't be telling me what to do because I have my own truth. Yeah, and you're only going to have three fingers left too. You hear me? Or let's say you go to a really, really nice steakhouse 
and you order a, a wonderful steak. I'm hungry, y'all. So. <laughs> and you order this big steak, and then they come, and the server takes away your butter knife and puts down a big knife and says, do use this to cut your steak. And then they put your plate down and say, don't touch the plate that's 500 degrees. Now, that's not a time either to say, I have my own truth. And those are silly, small things. And yet God has given us everything, told us everything that we're going to need to know for life and for godliness. And those are his standards. And when we miss his standards, that is what sin is. And can I tell you what happens then? Sin opens the door, leaves the window open and everything else for fear and anxiety to come into your life. Let's look at this real quick. Uh, look with me in Proverbs 29, verse 18. Happy. Come on, everybody say happy. Happy is he who keeps the keeps the law. I don't get, and, and this again, talking about God's commands. You're going to be happy. You're going to be happy if you do it the way God says to do it. Guess what? The inverse of this is true also. You won't be happy if you don't do it God's way. Look with me in Proverbs 22. You out there? Proverbs 22. He who sows iniquity, he who uh, commits sin will reap sorrow. Big word in the Old Testament uh, Hebrew. And sorrow, that is the fruit of worry anxiety and so forth. Let me just, let me just tell you, sin ruins everything. Sin depresses, sin confuses, sin taints, sin drains you. I mean, there's so much that goes with it. It opens you up and makes you vulnerable to other things, unconfessed sin in your life. It brings exhaustion. It brings emptiness. It brings sadness, leaves your soul undone. I believe it brings insecurity to you. I believe it can even make you paranoid if you have sin, unconfessed sin in your life. Look at this in Proverbs 28 verse 1 in the message. The wicked are edgy with guilt, ready to run off even when no one's after them. And because of the guilt that that would be there, it makes you edgy and insecure and even paranoid. And so this is fodder for worry and anxiety just to make you worry about things that really aren't even an issue or a problem in your life. Let me also say this too, that we, can, we, we must embrace God's standards and not allow, please hear this, we can no longer allow Hollywood, your three friends, social media, movies, politicians, you cannot let them set the standards for us. We choose to live by God's standards. And as I said earlier, those standards that they set will continue to change, continue to change. And I'll tell you why, because they don't work and they nosedive. And so we must live by God's standards. So we all blow it, though. We all miss the target. And uh, we want to make sure we're not trying to miss the target. Well, look at this. There is forgiveness. Anybody glad there's forgiveness for sin today? Look with me in Psalm 32, verse 1. Psalm 32. Blessed, come on, blessed. In the Hebrew, it means this. It's an exclamation. How happy, how happy is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Look in Psalm 51. This is David's psalm of repentance. David had numerous sins 
And then instead of hiding those, he eventually came and repented and admitted it to the Lord. And look what happened in this prayer. It's worth the read, Psalm 51. He says, God created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast or right spirit within me. Look in verse 12. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. So look what happens when we get forgiven of our sins. We feel clean. We feel renewed in our soul. Our joy is restored, which brings strength back to us. And then we are able to withstand worry and and fear and anxiety that would try to come into our lives. Let me give you a verse. Everybody needs to memorize this. 1 John 1, 9. Read it with me here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You need to know that verse, 1 John 1, 9. Now, what are we talking about? We're talking about anxiety. We do not want to invite anxiety into our lives. We do not want to invite anxiety into our lives. We don't want to leave the door or window open for anxiety and worry in our lives. And so we confess our sins, and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to close the window, close the door, make us safe and warm and secure again, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and restore our joy back to us. Amen. All right. Now we're going to... Now we're going to dive deep, okay? So hold on here. And the next one, pros and cons, would be this. Self-talk. Come on, everybody say it. Self-talk. Look at me. I need to talk to you about how you talk to you. I need to talk to you about how you talk about you. Here's the reality for a lot of you. If somebody else talked to you the way you talked to you, if somebody else talked about you the way you talk about you, some of you, it'd be on, wouldn't it? And here's the problem about self-talk. You listen to you. And so what you say to you and what you say about you is going to impact you either positively or negatively. Excuse me. (laughs) Words are so powerful. They're so powerful. Look with me in Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life, y'all listen, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Look at in the message paraphrase. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. And so we must choose our words, death or life, kill or give life, poison or fruit. We choose the words. And yes, this has to do with what we say to other people, but today we're focused on this. We're we're focused on helping you to deal with and overcome worry, fear, anxiety, and so forth. And your self-talk is huge, a huge factor concerning this. Are you with me so far? Studies show that people who suffer from phobias, panic attacks, general anxiety, usually are engaged, usually are engaged in negative self-talk. 
That's usually always an issue when people are dealing with anxiety and panic and those type of phobias and so forth. They have negative self-talk that's going on. So let me show you how this works. First of all would be an external event, okay, an external event. Something happens, and I'll go ahead and throw this in for you here. Something happens, someone does something, and let me tell you that that cannot be the end of it all because something's going to happen, somebody's going to do something all the time. So the next part of this is interpretation and self-talk interpretation and self-talk. So something happens, and then you internally are going to kind of process that, and then guess what? And then you start to talk about it with yourself. You go, well, I don't do that. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And I'll show you in a minute. You'll see very clearly that you do. So something happens. Somebody does something. You interpret that. You process that, and you have self-talk, and here's the outcome. You ready? Here's the outcome. Mood, feelings, reactions. Now, a lot of people mistakenly think this. Someone made me feel this way. Something made me act this way. And that's not the truth because we're, we're failing to see this part. We want to blame someone or something. They always make me so mad. This always upsets me. I get so sad when I'm around them. Okay? We have to step in and look at how we're interpreting this and what our self-talk is that goes along with this. So, let me give you an example here. Let's say uh, this is stuck in traffic. How many of you just love being stuck in traffic? Okay, here's what some of y'all say. I hate traffic! Wish all these people go home! Wish people stopped moving here! And you're saying, how do you know I said that? Lately, the last uh, month or so, we've had to make a lot of trips to Tampa and back. I've uh, been helping move my mother-in-law into assisted living. And so uh, going back and forth with that. And a number of times, get on the interstate or get down in Tampa and traffic, traffic. And I have thought some of the things I just said. Okay? And so... What happens here, we have our choice, though, of how we interpret this in our self-talk. We could do this. Every stinking time? What is the problem? Why? And we run our mouth. And a lot of times you think you're just doing it inside, but after a while you lose your filter and everybody else gets to hear you. Am I right? Am I right? Okay. So you can gripe. You can complain. You can just say, ah, it's just, it's just bad. And let me caution you about overstating and, and stating absolutes. And that's with words like this. Every time, everybody, never, always be careful using those words. To paint with such big, broad strokes that you paint everything in, now you're already set how you're going to interpret everything else. See, I told you every stinking time. Am I right? Or you could be stuck in traffic and you say, you know what? God saw this day. At least we're safe. You know, maybe the Lord's holding us up for something. Uh, I think I'll just turn on and listen to some good music. Let's take our time. We'll get there. It'll work out. I know. Maybe I'll just listen to a podcast by Pastor Tim. 
You know, just, just, just going on. Okay. So this morning, this morning, 1.51 a.m., 1.51 a.m., I just wake up. I look at the clock and I see it's 1.51 a.m. On Sunday morning, I get up at 4 o'clock. So my mind immediately, I still have two hours and nine minutes. <laughs> what if I can't get back to sleep? I got all that starting going. But I, I took over. I handled it. I took over and I thought, all right. Is there a reason I'm awake? So I listen for a moment. Is there some, something going on? And then I check, Lord, is there something? You want me to be praying for somebody? Somebody's going through something right now? I was all clear on all of that. So I thought, you know what? God, you know what I have to do today. I need to be rested. I need to be well. I trust you with this. So I'm just going to go back to sleep. And a little part of my brain came up and go, but what if we can't get back to sleep? I said, then we'll just pretend. <laughs> and so guess what? After a little bit, I just started resting, breathing, relaxing, quoting some scripture. I lie down unafraid. You give me sweet sleep. You bless me in my sleep. And I slid right back into sleepy town. Woke up at 4 o'clock, feel great. I will take a nap this afternoon. but So... So I could have processed that. I could have interpreted that a whole, whole different way. But it's important how we interpret what's going, going on and then monitor our self-talk because that's going to determine. Because listen, the same event could happen to two different people and you're going to have two different moods, feelings, or outcomes for those people because it's not what happens to you. It's not what somebody did or said. It's how you interpret it. It's how you process it. And it is how you self-talk that you're going to process out that God can help me with this or I'm stuck on my own. It's going to end up with me having some peace and some hope, or it's going to end up with me having fear, worry, and anxiety. Are you with me? Now, when we have those, that self-talk, it's actually called Subpersonalities. Now we're not we're not getting weird. Don't worry. But we have what are called subpersonalities, and they're vocabularies and voices that are inside of us. And uh, it could have come from your childhood. You know, if mom and grandma were always worried, or they were always a gossip, or they were always this or that. You grow up around certain things. You kind of take those things on. You know, intake, input into your life, all those different things can kind of do it. But there are a number of voices. Let me show you the vocabulary and the voices you get. First would be the worrier. Sometimes your self-talk is the voice and the vocabulary of a worrier. This would be the vocabulary of anxiety. The next would be this, the critic. And typically this vocabulary uh, speaks very bad to you about you. It's low self-esteem. Next one would be this, the victim. This is the vocabulary in the language of depression. Uh, Nothing ever goes good for me. Everything's bad. I should have expected this. And then next would be the perfectionist. And some of y'all have that. And it's the vocabulary of that. I should have tried harder. I need to do this. I need to remember. And you have all that self-talk going on. And then you have one other source of supply for vocabulary. And it would be this, the enemy of your soul. The Bible also calls him the accuser of the brethren. He loves to feed you lines. Hey, say this about you. Hey, say this about that. And to get you to speak words of negativity and defeat, that this is hopeless, that this is 
catastrophic and just to get you to give up and leave the doors wide open for anxiety in your life. So here's what you have to do. You have to frame this and stop wrongly defining what's going on. Some people are so quick to define, oh, this is horrible and this is hopeless. And you need to slow down a little bit. And then don't underemphasize your ability to cope with this. Don't start telling yourself, I can't do this, I can't handle this. That self-talk starts happening. You need to shut that down. I've told you this for years and years and years. Never use your own mouth to speak against your hope. So a situation comes up, what do you hope what do you hope? Well, don't use your own mouth to speak against that hope. We also have talked about this, when, especially when you're talking to others, but also talking to yourself. Either build up or hush up. Come on, everybody say it. Either build up or hush up. And we certainly need to do that with other people. We certainly need to do that with ourselves. Either build up or hush up. Stay on the right side of the butt. Self-correct. Catch yourself doing this. I promise you, you're going to catch yourself with self-talk before you get off the property today. <laughs> self-correct and self-counsel. And by that, I mean this. When you're going through something, what would you tell somebody if they were going through this? How would you counsel them? Would you be all negative and hopeless with them if you're sincerely trying to help them? And you need to counsel yourself sometimes. Sometimes you need to walk yourself in and get in front of the mirror and say, this is going to be all right. Stop the stinking thinking. Let's find some things to be grateful for. You need to talk to yourself. Good self-talk that's edifying, correcting, and counseling to yourself. Counter negative thoughts and self-talk. Catch yourself. Stop it. Take your time. Get your voice. Speak up. Talk back. Let the weak say, I am strong. And then find from God's word. Find from God's word the principles, the truths, the power, the weapons of Scripture that when you're going through something, you have something that you can say that is life-giving and God-breathed. So instead of just, ah, I should have figured every stinking time, I tell you what, government's out to get me. They're watching me now. I mean, we get into all kinds of craziness. And you need to just chill for a moment, sort it out, and say this. I know this. I am never alone, and I'm never without help. God is with me. God is in me. God is for me. God goes ahead of me. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. He is my helper. He strengthens me. He helps me. He leads me. He guides me. He heals me. He teaches me. He gives me wisdom that I'll need to know for this situation. Amen. Wait, I got more. I can do, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in me than he who is after me. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue and any tongue that would rise up against me in judgment, I condemn it as my heritage as a servant of the Lord. The Lord himself will perfect 
that which concerns me. He will never forsake the workings of his own hands. His mercies endure forever. And even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you need, to, you need to know some scripture instead of just saying what the world says or saying what these creeps say. You're not talking in my life anymore. And I'm not talking to me like you want to talk to me anymore. And get a hold of this. And if you have to, you say, I, I don't know any scripture. I'll tell you where to find them. They're in the Bible. Well, Well, I don't know where to look. I don't know where to look in the Bible. Find a promise book, find a concordance. And today, and you couldn't say this when I was a kid, Google it. I need a Bible verse four. Fill in that blank. And I'm telling you, boom, seconds, you're going to have Bible verses. And God's word is alive. And it's powerful. And it's active. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And you need to fill your mind and fill your heart and fill your mouth and let your self-talk not be these creeps, but let it be life-giving, God-breathed, powerful truths. And I'll tell you what, it will lift you up and it will block the path of worry and anxiety. And then no matter what's going on in life, we're going to have a good trip. Amen? Did you all get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thanks again for listening to this message resource for Meadowbrook. You can stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.